Welcome, welcome, friends, to another episode of Dreamer to Entrepreneur. We are really excited about this episode. We took a poll earlier this week on Instagram to see what you guys wanted to hear about. And the winner is Mistakes to Avoid as a Small Business Owner. Welcome to the Dreamer to Entrepreneur podcast, a show designed to motivate and inspire women to stop sitting on the sidelines of life and finally take action towards accomplishing their dreams. Join us, Brittany Hughes and Amanda Benedict, as we share business advice, as well as our own experiences of starting and building a successful business while also juggling mom life. You'll also hear from other amazing women who bring their own message and advice to the show through inspiring interviews. It's all collaboration over competition here. Get ready to dream big, take action, and always show kindness. Let's dive in. My first one is it's actually one I am going through like right here in real time. The past two months, I have been in the thick of it, in the weeds, so to speak, in my business. It's a good thing. I'm so grateful for it because it's I'm experiencing a lot of growth since like the beginning of December. My business Mm -hmm. is like just kind of skyrocketed. So it's growth. But at the same time, it's like I keep telling my husband that I feel like I'm in like, I feel like I've fallen down a well and I'm like trying Mm -hmm. to get back up to the top. But <laughs> just keep swimming. Remember, exactly. that's <laughs> I tell myself, I'm like, just keep going, Brittany. Yeah. But this all the past few months of overwhelm could have easily been avoided if I would have put systems and automations processes into place. So for me, as you guys know, I am a solopreneur. Well, not anymore. I was last year up until this year, a solopreneur. It was just me running my business. And when I say systems, processes, automations, I'm talking about like, for instance, I just got set up with Dubsado. So like an invoicing system, Mm -hmm. they send out contracts, proposals, basically everything gets automated. So I am not you know, I, it was, I would get on a discovery call with a potential client, mm-hmm. customize a proposal, get that sent out. Then I would customize a contract, get that sent out, customize an invoice. So it, it was like, everything was just taking me a lot longer, mm-hmm. but I'm also somewhat of a perfectionist when it comes to my business. So I didn't mind that customization, but as being a solopreneur and kind of a one woman show, it was just in the back of my mind, like, oh, well, you know, I'll grow, I'll have team members, you know, a few years down the road, I'm not going to worry about that right now. So I didn't care because I was like, I don't need it right now. Why am I even, why would I even think about that when I'm not in that stage? Well, the reason it's good to go ahead and get all of that into place is because I honestly, they say that the growth of your business can happen in like just the snap of Mm -hmm. fingers and be a snowball effect. It's true. And so having all of that set up would have saved me time because the past two months, you know, I've had to bring on team members. And so as I'm doing client work for these new clients, I'm also now having to show team members how to do this, as well as set up SOPs and create all these automations. So I'm just, I'm ha- I've been having to work overtime. Mm-hmm. And like a little, ra- uh, what's the little battery rabbit? The 
Energizer Bunny. Energizer Bunny. I feel yeah. like I've been like the past two months just trying to get like everything good. And so if I could give any piece of advice to small business owners right now, it would mm-hmm. be to, in the beginning, go ahead and get all everything organized on your back end. Get the back end of your business good to go, organized, set up. So, you know, maybe it's not going to be till a year until you need a team member or you grow and scale. But, you know, in the back of your mind that when that time comes, you're golden and you can just just grow with ease and not be in the weeds. Yeah. Well, and I I like that, too, like giving an example of things to avoid and something that like you've been going through because, you know, we're both entrepreneurs as well. We're not like these perfect people doing things like we're still learning and growing ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of part of our like community over competition is we're all about sharing and building each other up and all that stuff. So one thing that, which I still sometimes struggle with, I'm doing better, but one mistake that I would say to avoid as a small business owner is overspending. So I know I talked about it a little bit, our last solo episode about paying attention to your finances and how important that is, but you can get yourself in a pickle with overspending and not watching what you're spending. And it can happen very easily. I mean, especially like, for example, I'm in a product-based business. So like you have to have inventory to sell, to make money, to continue to grow. Um, And that inventory costs money. And you see new stuff coming out. You see fun stuff, like things you want to try and do and want to do all these things. But like you can very quickly overspend and then maybe things didn't go as well. Maybe things were slow this month. Maybe things are down this month. So that's definitely a mistake that you want to avoid is overspending and definitely being conscious, especially in those first couple years. I would say probably those first five years when you're new and growing until you consistently see that coming in each month to really be cautious of overspending. Yeah. For online or for like service providers, online service providers like myself, we don't have a lot. I mean, obviously we're not selling products or anything like that. The only thing I can relate it to, I feel like we could overspend in courses and learning. We'll see somebody that's selling a $200 course and they'll teach you how to create, I don't know, grow your email list. And I'm like, oh, do I need an email list? And so then Mm -hmm. I think I need to invest in that. And then a week later you see somebody telling you, oh, invest in this course and you can do so-and-so. But yeah, that's another thing. I would be weary of that too, because I've spent money on a coach that it was a scam. I've spent money on a mastermind that was a lot of money and a waste of my time. Yeah. And when, you know, especially in the beginning of your business, when you're, you have more limited budget, like just be wise with your dollars because that can really make or break your business. Yeah. Okay. So my second one is spreading yourself too thin. You know, that could kind of tie into play with my current situation as well, because when I did start taking on a new handful of clients, it's like, I was seeing a lot of money come in And it's like, I worked so hard to get to this point that I was wanting to like spread myself in all these places because I did not want to give up that money. I'm like, I don't want to hire a team member. (laughs) But then it got down to it where my, my mental, like my sanity, the whole point of creating the small business and, you know, doing this was to not work 
all the time. So yeah, it came time to hire a team member. So do not spread yourself too thin because in the long run, it will lead to overwhelm. Not only overwhelm, but also draining. It will just get exhausting trying to do all the things. And we've even mentioned this in one of our previous episodes where small business owners you do take on everything. Like mm-hmm. I remember you were talking about. Yeah. You wear multiple hats. Multiple and, hats. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And you do. And, you know, when you do start out, I think it's absolutely okay to wear multiple hats and to do all the things because you don't have the money to spend. Mm-hmm. But when your business starts to pick up and you're selling all kinds of products or you have a lot of clients, don't be afraid to start outsourcing or hiring an employee and start getting help because. It's yeah. just exhausting. Well, and especially too, when, and, and a good time to start looking into that is when you notice that your business is starting to suffer because you're spread too thin or, or your product is beginning, like the quality is not as good because yeah. you're, you know, that's a good kind of indication that, well, you know, this workload is more than I can handle, then maybe it is time to add a new employee or even if it's part-time or even if it's contract, like, you know, you don't have to hire a full-time person right off the bat. That's another, I think, mistake too, (laughs) Um, because you pay them before you pay yourself. (laughs) Keep that in mind. Yeah. But yeah, I think when your business or your, the quality of your work starts to suffer, then that's definitely an indication that you are spreading yourself too thin. Yeah. So another thing that I wanted to talk about as far as a mistake to avoid is underpricing. And there's a couple different things that go along with that. But really, you want to make sure that you are pricing your products, pricing your services accordingly, and not underselling or undervaluing yourself. A lot of people get nervous that they're charging too much. And I did little air quotes. (laughs) Not that y'all can see it, but Brittany can, but are afraid that they're charging too much and like know your value, know your worth. You're not just charging for like the actual like cost or goods. You're charging for your time. And I can't remember who we talked to. Oh, I cannot remember. We talked to someone and they said like, yeah, I can get this done in 30 minutes, but you're not paying for the time it takes me to do it. You're paying for the years it took me to learn how to do it in this amount of time. I think it was Casey that said that. Yeah. 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 I knew it was someone and I was like, I cannot remember. But yeah. So don't undersell yourself. Don't undervalue yourself. And another thing that I see with underpricing, and this is more specific to a goods-based business, is people cutting prices and, and slashing prices and discounting too much. There's a time and a place, like obviously, you know, Black Friday weekend. Like there's certain times of the year, but you shouldn't be running sales all the time. You shouldn't be cutting your prices all the time because that's devaluing your products and services. Mm-hmm. And to be completely honest, like we're small businesses. We're not trying to compete with Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You're never going to be able to compete with Amazon. Like right. get that. But one thing you have that's better is quality. Like you have a better quality product, better quality thing. So like a lot of people think like, oh, it's tough times. I need to cut prices because if I cut my prices, that means more customers. Well, it's going to take you twice as many customers to make up for that cut price. But if you still just maintain that same high quality, you can charge those higher prices and you will make more money 
in the long run. Exactly. As we're talking about this, I I remember us talking about each, like talking about these things in previous episodes, but we yeah. talked about this with Caitlin with her Etsy shop to just talking about that quality, because I remember her saying, you know, she, you and her both, you can't compete with Amazon. Like, yes, Amazon mm-hmm. is so much cheaper, but when you receive like your package from Blue Jean or mm-hmm. her package from um, Golden Soul, the quality and like, you know, what you're getting and the cute packaging, like you send the stickers and she's got like a whole setup these days, but it's just the quality is so much better. So yeah, so it's worth it. So my third one is not understanding your target market or ideal client. And I think this is one that a lot of small businesses in the beginning can get stuck on because you feel like, oh, you just need sales. You just need sales. Mm -hmm. So let me sell to anybody that will buy my services or products. Yes, of course. I mean, we all want to make the money and have the sales, but the key is to really figure out that target market or that Mm -hmm. ideal client. And we have a whole episode about this, helping you figure out that ideal client. But I promise you niching down and, you know, knowing that ideal client, like the back of your hand is just going to benefit you so much because you're going to know exactly where they're hanging out. You know, like for me, I primarily work with female entrepreneurs, so they're not necessarily hanging out on Twitter. So I don't waste my time on Twitter. I'm showing up in the places that they are showing up Mm -hmm. in. It's probably different for, say, like me being an online service provider versus you being a product, like a boutique, because I Mm -hmm. feel like you, before your business even launches, you need to know like the type of clothes you're going to buy. You need to know that ideal client. You can't really play around with that. Whereas I feel like with me, you know, podcast managers, uh, web designers, anybody in the online service provider space. We can kind of shift. Like I know me at one point, I thought I wanted to work with like more like corporate women. And then I kind of shifted a little bit and added in men. And then I shifted a little bit. And so like nothing really changed except maybe Mm -hmm. my website appearance. And so, you know, speaking for me, people that can relate to me, it's okay to not necessarily know in the beginning and to play around Mm -hmm. a little bit with that. But I would just say as soon as you can, niche yeah figure it out niche down yeah yeah and like you said we have an episode about identifying your ideal customer so if you haven't listened to that might be a good one to listen to so another mistake to avoid being afraid to fail we don't know what the future holds we really don't there's no way to predict what's going to happen but if you find something that you're passionate about, that you care about, that you love, that you love doing, like chase those dreams and don't let the fear hold you back from going out and getting what you want and what you deserve. Just because we're talking about other episodes today, I'm going to bring up another another reference. Our first guest we had on the show, it was Michaela Quinn. Love her story. Love how she helps so many female entrepreneurs. But she... I believe had two different businesses before she got into what she's doing now. You know, she had been teaching. She, you know, was starting to grow a family, knew it was time to figure out something else. And so she tried it. You know, she tried a couple of different things. It didn't quite work. And then she found something that worked and 
over the years has grown into this really amazing thing. So yeah, like you can't be afraid to fail. Not everything is going to work out perfectly, exactly, you know, how you dreamed or wished it would happen. And like I tell a lot of people, my number one regret as far as, uh, you know, on my small business journey is waiting so long to get started because I had that fear of, you know, I knew it was hard work. I I let fear prevent me from starting 10 years sooner and think of where I could be if I was in year 13 of my business versus year three. Yeah. Glad that it finally worked out. I'm telling you, it was something about turning 30. I just turned my whole world up. It's been awesome ever since. And I know one thing that has really helped me because I'm the same way as you. I kind of just had to change my mindset not being so afraid to fail because you're going to fail. And I'm not saying like big picture wise, your business is going to fail, but you will have daily fails. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to have moments where you want to break down and cry and throw in the towel Mm -hmm. and say, I give up. Me sitting here right now, I know I could fail next week at something. I could have a client mad at me. I could have something go wrong, but I know at the end of the day, without a doubt, I will get back up and I will say, okay, that's fine. I failed. I learned. I'm moving on. And you have to get Mm -hmm. in that headspace. Just knowing that if you fail, it was a lesson learned and Mm -hmm. you're, you're not dead. Your life's not over. You're just, it's Mm -hmm. a stepping stone. And Yeah. yeah, we just, we can't be so afraid of this big, dark cloud of fear because it's really in your head. It's a learning tool. Yeah. And I, I, I talked to my son about this a lot because he's very hard on himself and he's in second grade right now, but he will, I don't know, like get one math problem wrong and just beat himself up over it and think I'm such a failure. So I have to remind him that, you know, failure isn't necessarily a bad thing. It is an opportunity for us to learn to do it better the next time. So yeah, like you are going to experience small little failures in your business. Like not everything's going to work out great. You're going to make mistakes. But as long as you are learning from those mistakes and growing, and I mean, you're going to be better off. Mm -hmm. And know that all of those shiny, happy, positive people on Instagram, the backstory of all those pictures are they're having failures too. It is not Mm -hmm. sunshine and rainbows. I don't care who it is, who looks like they're having the best business celebration day. Don't let those get you down because I know I've gotten in my head the past couple months and I'm like, oh my gosh, why can't my journey be as easy as so-and-so or Mm -hmm. why can't I just, you know, have as much money as so-and-so. They have gone through their own obstacles, jumped through their, over their own hurdles. You know, you just, you have to stay in your path, in your lane and know that It's just all in your timing. And it has to be so hard, like thinking about your son. It has to -hmm. be hard for the kids these days or teenagers growing up with social media and seeing that comparison. I cannot imagine. I I would not want to be a child right now. I'm like, it is so, because I've been, so my, I've been taking him to counseling for probably about three years now, um, basically since, you know, our separation and divorce and stuff. And you know, I was talking to her recently. I would not want to be a kid. It is so different. It's so different. And and even things like with school and 
things happening at school, things that are done at school, like the whole process, like it's not like when we were kids, if you had a bad day or whatever, they just, you know, like, yeah. But, you you know, it's totally different and they have to be more like serious about things and and instances that happen in school. So I'm like, I would not want to be a child these days. Me either. (laughs) No, like what? I even, oh, it broke my heart. Even yesterday, my four-year-old was telling me how she was fat and I was like, oh Oh my my God, baby girl, you are so beautiful. Like you are not fat. Like you're four. Like who, who told you these things? I know. I know. (laughs) Oh, it's so insane. That's crazy. Oh, anyways, back, back on topic. We're moms. Can you tell? Like, we can have a whole episode <laughs> rambling about the mom yes, about mom issues. Yes. So for those moms out there too, like we get it, girl. It ain't easy. Oh, um, oh anyway. So what is another mistake that you have for us, Brittany? Thinking that you can just get rich overnight or just start a business and get rich quick because that is... If if that's why you're starting your business, it's it's gonna fail. Yeah, it, you're gonna be disappointed. <laughs> it's likely gonna fail. <laughs> and you may be able you're... to get rich really quick, but that's gonna be a situation where we talked about earlier where you're gonna be spreading yourself too thin because you're gonna be doing 500 million things trying to do all the things to get rich, and then you're just gonna lead to burnout, overwhelm, and it's just yeah, do not start a small business for the money. Start it because you love it and you wake up every single morning excited to work. I know we've talked about this mm-hmm. in another episode yeah. where I feel like both of us, we could work yeah. 24-7. I know yeah. I could. I love, yeah. love what I do. And I know you do too. And yeah, girl, I'm always making stuff. <laughs> I'm like sewing bananas, watching Netflix. Like <laughs> I know. I've never, ever felt that way. I'm I'm never minded working, but for somebody else, absolutely not. Having to hear somebody, you know, tell me what to do. Absolutely not. I would not trade this for anything. So Mm -hmm. um, find what you love and do that and the money will come. It'll come. And it takes patience. Something to avoid, like we were talking about, is being impatient, thinking you are going to get quick or want to get rich quick. It takes patience. It takes time. It takes work. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy. The people that you see that are doing like awesome, great up there, like you didn't see like what all went to get them there. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you 99% of the time, it was a whole lot of hard work and a whole lot of patience. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not get rich quick unless they were born into <laughs> Right. They were born into money, maybe like, or they hit the lottery or they hit the lottery. Yeah. It it takes hard work and it takes patience. And even too, like you said, even if you do overnight success, like you are not going to be set up to sustain that level of performance. Yeah. And that kind of actually goes into, you know, my last mistake that I was going to talk about over promising and under delivering. One thing I can tell you about, it doesn't matter what business you're in, what sets small businesses apart is your customer service. Mm -hmm. Like I said earlier, I'm never going to be able to compete with Amazon. I'm not. But what can I do to set my business apart is customer service. An important thing is not over-promising and then under-delivering because you're going to upset your customers and it is a whole lot harder to win them back 
after they've had a bad experience. And let me tell you, if someone has a, they're much more likely to write you a bad review if they've had a poor experience than they are to write a good review if they've had a great experience. People are out there. People are trolls. You under deliver, they're going to let everyone know about it. So if anything, don't tell them and go the extra mile. But if you don't have time to, they're going to know the difference. Yeah. But yeah, definitely that is a mistake you want to avoid. Um, And I feel like too, if you are scaling too quickly and you don't have, this just ties into all of them. You don't have your system set up and you're trying to like get rich quick and you're scaling too quickly and you're spreading yourself out too thin. You are going to under deliver to your customer. And that's not a way to, you can't sustain your business. You can't grow your business. And you're certainly not going to create happy customers who want to return. Exactly. And customer service is, in my opinion, the easiest thing Mm -hmm. you should be able to over deliver on the easiest. And these Mm -hmm. days, that seems to be the number one thing that just plummets uh, business Mm -hmm. because it's rare, it's hard to find. And so I, I just feel like if you go above and beyond for your customers, your clients, they will keep coming back and mm-hmm. investing in your business. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. And I even too, I I always tell people that, you know, at the end of the day, cuz you know, in a good space business with I'm selling clothes, people don't know how it'll fit, they don't know if they'll lay or they're buying a gift, whatnot. I always tell people, I want you to be happy with your purchase. Whatever it is, I want you to be happy with it. I want you to love what you buy cuz if you don't, you're not going to wear it, you're not going to use it, and it's a waste of money. So when people always ask me, like, do you ret- how do I return stuff? I'm always, if you need to return something, we'll take care of it. If something breaks and you're not happy, we'll take care of it. If you got this in, you don't like it and you want to send it back, we'll take care of it. At the end of the day, I really don't have that many returns. I really don't have that many things. But it's just going that little bit extra mile to take care of your customer and make sure they're happy and they're you know, excited about what they're what they're getting from you. Absolutely. Be the Chick-fil-A of your... Yes, yes. Be the Chick-fil-A of your industry. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That makes me think, have you heard of chat, GPT, all the AI stuff coming out right now? I have not, but I'm, you know, I'm not a tech savvy person. (laughs) You probably don't even need to worry about it, but like with me being online all the time, it's, I mean, it's blown up. It's basically... um, to give you an example, you can log on and I could say, it's kind of like a Siri, I want to say, but you mm-hmm. you can type, you could say, tell me what I should have for dinner tonight and make it a hundred calories, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. basically you instruct it and it tells you yeah, exactly. But people are using it and I mean, for my space, for instance, for podcasting. So they're using it to like write show notes or, you know, do actual work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of podcast managers are using it in their business for client work. But I'm I'm taking a back seat on this because I think it's going to come back and bite some people in the butt. And I just keep thinking customer service wise, because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it is a yeah. robot. It is a robot yeah. that is writing your stuff. And that robot is getting, it's pulling that content from somewhere. So I think plagiarism is going to end up coming into play. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also uh, I've seen what this thing can write and it's it's robotic. I just think of it from a customer service standpoint, like 
what are we doing to where we need robots to do everything? Like yeah. keep the very personable keep touch the person, to yeah. your business and you will shine. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it may be easier to do the chat GPT and all, all these robotic things, but it's you so lose, generic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You lose the person. And I think too, that's one thing that sets your business apart from another yeah. is you. Like no other... Because I mean, I know there's several people who do podcast management. I know that there's a ton of people who own boutiques. I have a ton of friends who own yeah. boutiques. But what sets your business, what sets my business apart from these other one is you, is me in that business. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I don't know if I care for a row. No. <laughs> it feels like it takes the personal touch out of like a your business. I feel like this year has been, I keep hearing AI, AI, AI Mm -hmm. everywhere. And it's, it freaks me out a little bit because it's like, why do we need so much AI? Mm -hmm. We don't need that taken over. Have you seen the Terminator? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Have you seen that? (laughs) We've already been through COVID. We don't need exactly like another worldwide catastrophe. Uh, all right. Well, this has been an awesome episode. Hopefully we have shared some mistakes that you can avoid if you are starting in your business or if you've already gone through some of these mistakes. Let us know. Share with us. Share us your stories. You know, I told y'all I'm in the weeds right now. Let me know if you're in the weeds. Like, let's be in the weeds together. I'm always in the weeds. <laughs> let's be real. Am I ever not? Let's be real. <laughs> But yeah, um, just let us know. Shoot us a DM on Instagram and we will talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to our mommy show. Please subscribe and share with all your friends. See you in two weeks. Have a good day.